Welcome back to another episode of the Music Guys, the podcast about a couple of music guys making a living in the music industry here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. My name is Al Rowe. I'm a record producer, singer, songwriter, guitarist, uh, coming at you from the beaches. Uh, not really the beaches, more like the Danforth uh, area. Um, and uh, my good friend, co-host Michael Hebs, coming at you from the West End of Toronto. He's a guitarist. He's a composer. He's an educator. He's a producer. How are you, my dude? For money. I'm good, you know. I'm just uh, working hard, uh, trying to make a living and doing the best I can, as, there you go. as they I say. I think that's a song. That might be. Uh, yeah. I did not write that. But, um, you know, I've uh, just uh, finished teaching, got back from uh, student's house a little bit late for our podcast, um, such is the life. And yeah. Just looking at myself, my beautiful self in this camera. Do you ever do that with Zoom calls? You just look at yourself instead of the other person. Constantly. Yeah, yeah it's I'm bad. A ra- raging egomaniac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, thanks for listening to our show, everybody. If you like what you're hearing here, you can support us via Patreon or uh, via just word of mouth, telling your friends about the show, letting them know. Do people do five-star uh, reviews on iTunes? Is that a thing? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. You can give it a little heart on Spotify oh. or... Uh, Let me know. into your heart. Yeah, that's another <laughs> great, great song. Um, <laughs> yeah, so what are we talking about today? So I did not prepare an essay. Um, okay. The essay format, uh, not good at it, but that's fun too. But I like, I like more so when you and I chat about stuff, you know? So I wrote down some, some points. About room treatment. Room treatment. Okay. I would like to talk from back here so you could hear all like the noise in the background, but you know, my roommate's sleeping and I just did it. So I don't know why I said I wouldn't do it because I just did it. Yeah. Right. Okay, cool. Well, uh, yeah, man. So room treatment, um, you know, getting your, getting your home studio space into a state where uh, you can trust what you're hearing from your speakers and you can get reasonably good quality, isolated, tight-sounding recordings. Yep. Yep. Is that sort of the gist of it? That's what I was thinking. You know, like, what do do people like us do? You know, what do people like us need that don't have, you know, like a crazy budget? Like, we're not going to bring in, like, I think it's an acoustician, you know? Yeah, an acoustician. Yeah, yeah, like the big studios. Yeah. That'd be a fun job. Yeah, there's got to be like only a couple of those guys or people. Uh, yeah, they're just making that sweet cache. Um, so, yeah, I mean, room treatment's kind of a funny thing because, like, what's the thing that whenever you talk about room treatment that someone always goes to? Have you ever gotten that before? Someone always goes to... Um, I always hear people talk about packing blankets. Yeah, yeah. But is, what that I, what you're, is that what you're driving at? The thing that I'm driving at is every time that I've talked to someone, like other musicians too about room treatment, they're like, oh, like soundproofing. And like uh, I'll be like, well, not quite. And then I'll talk about like panels. And still by the end of the conversation, it, it's still like soundproofing. It's like, well, right. I feel like 
I wonder if that falls under the category of room treatment. So you're out there knocking on doors trying to trying to enlighten people about room treatment and they're just not hearing you. Spreading the good word uh, yeah. in a dress shirt and a tie. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, like so my idea, or not my idea, the idea as far as I've understood, because me and Al are by no means professionals at this. We've just both done it ourselves, right? Yes, uh, by and large. DIY, although I, I do have some, like, quote-unquote, professionally made stuff in here, um, which which we can talk about in a sec. I would love to hear about it, because I don't know about the professionally made stuff. Um, the, big, the big thing is, yeah, so it's not soundproofing, at least as far as I've understood. I'm, maybe that is a branch of it, but the stuff that we're talking about today is more about, um, like, treating a room as in, I guess, making it, A, more accurate, or making it more pleasing to listen to music in or pleasing to record in. Uh, or dead yeah. and isolated so that you can add that stuff afterwards. Um, that's sort of the stuff that we're looking at, which is seems, it literally seems, I'm trying to think of a, an, an equivalent to, it's like when I hear a guitarist talk about like, oh, how I hold the pick is how I get the sound that I get. I'm like, ah, that's bullshit. You have a Stratocaster. <laughs> Is, you know, if you had a Stratocaster, you'll sound that way. And it's like, that's not the case, you know? Like, the way they hit the guitar and, like, the things they do with all of their hands, oh, I guess all two of their hands, is yeah. how they get the sound. Uh, it's like the little things that, if you listen to the two of our, you know, voiceovers, one has a lot more room ambience, and one does not. At my room... At my bedroom, which is what I record in because I'm a chump, um, it's not acoustically treated at all. So it's a it's a bunch of bare walls, sounds reflecting off, and you can hear the echoes, especially if I speak loudly or if I'm a little bit further away from the mic. If I'm close here like this, you're not going to hear as many of those reflections, right? Right. But uh, your room sounds fantastic. Yeah, my room sounds pretty good. Uh, again, like I want to be pretty close to any microphone that I'm recording in here because this the ceiling in here is bare. Uh, oh, okay. and it's not even like stucco or anything gross like that. So there's there's literally like no uh, diffusion at all. I guess maybe we maybe we need to start with the concept of absorption and diffusion. Sure. Yeah, I think that is fucking fantastic. This um, is a team effort episode. Yeah, so well, I'm I mean, I'm not a physics expert or anything but but yeah there's sort of two ways you deal with sound the first is to absorb it and the second is to uh diffuse it diffusing absorption is should be pretty obvious right it's just like kind of sucking it up making it go away and diffusion is like redirecting it in a bunch of different directions um so that you don't have a situation called a standing wave and that's the problematic stuff yeah, so yeah. a standing wave occurs, uh, it's a little bit like a feedback loop. If you have uh, two uh, flat surfaces that are parallel to each other, then a wave can bounce off of those repeatedly in the same physical space and start to sort of amplify itself. And that's where you'll have what you might call like a little sort of room tone or like a kind of kind sure. of bump uh, in your room where you're listening to to music or, or something that was recorded in there and you sort of can hear that that frequency um, kind of popping off. So, um, yeah, the, the, the two main ways of dealing with that are uh, absorption and diffusion. So, um, most of the time, absorption 
is used to uh, affect bass frequencies. So you'll hear about things called bass traps. Sure. Um, which are just like giant piles of insulation, uh, typically in the corners of your room, um, that are going to sort of suck up and and um, and stop those bass low-end frequencies from bouncing off the walls and uh, creating those sort of standing waves. And then you've got diffusion, which is, if you've ever been inside a recording studio or seen photos, um, where they've got these things that look like, you know, pieces of modern art with like all these little yes. sort of like shapes in them, at different uh, uh, depths and, and things angles like that. And-, and angles. Those are designed, uh, some of them very specifically and, yes. and purposefully to... Uh, match the room that they're in and the frequencies they're trying to um, diffuse, uh, they're designed specifically to bounce around uh, and sort of scatter the higher end frequencies so that they don't, again, sort of uh, start to amplify on themselves by creating standing waves. I mean, they're based on math as well. Like they they have different designs based on different equations and stuff. As you can tell, me and Al are not super detailed on the, the science of it, but it is very interesting. Like you can, just the idea that recording, say for instance, in my room versus your room on the same microphones is going to provi- provide like, I would say like the echoes in my room are somewhat, like I, I feel like they're very um limiting. It's like, this is mm. the sound you're going to get. Whereas in your room, it's like, oh, if I want more sound, I'll, I can adjust things. I can take panels down, you know? Yes, uh, that is true. I don't know. I, I, I feel like I need more stuff in here. Sure. I still don't have quite enough. But yeah, the only other thing uh, to mention here is that um, the diffusion is particularly useful with uh, higher frequencies because if you have too much absorption on the high end uh, of things, then everything's going to sound really dull and sure. dark in your room uh, and you won't be able to uh, yeah sort of get that same sort of uh, translation like you might be boosting too many highs if you're mixing or what have you Um, sure to compensate or you might really have you know have a really dull uh, sound if you're recording an instrument or whatever Um, but I mean for the most part um, I would say in a home studio situation we're just trying to sort of like absorb more than anything i would say absorption more than anything just sure. just covering up reflective surfaces cuz most rooms are just flat walls that are parallel to each other uh and are going to sort of reflect a lot of sound if you just walk into your room and you just clap your hands you're going to hear sort of like a zing sound yes. as the, as the sound just sort of bounces everywhere and that's a, a real disaster when you're trying to listen critically on a pair of speakers or record, uh, record yeah. Yeah. you know something that's that's gonna sound tight and and not um a total mess once you sort of add compression and get it inside of a mix so in my room i've got let's see four seven eight nine ten eleven panels up twelve panels up uh and these were built by uh just a, an independent uh I heard, yeah. Guy. Is it the guy who did um, Mark's stuff? Guy who did Mark's, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, Mark introduced me, and I gave him a shout, and he's like, yeah, you know, I, you know, he plays music or whatever, and, and he's kind of in the scene, but he's like, yeah, I've got a little workshop, I can make these. And, I mean, the price was super reasonable, given what the raw materials are worth. Yes. And they're they're just wooden frames with, you know, Roxel safe and sound or whatever yep. insulation in them, uh, and covered in, you know, black fabric. Um, but, you know, for me to spend... 
you know, a week building these things yes, as a person who's like, just, you know, not very good at building stuff versus just, you know, spend a, a little bit of money and get it done. Uh, I went for, you know, spending the money, getting it done. Uh, and just having the walls covered at about, you can look it up. There's a specific height, um, one for uh, if you're sitting and one for if you're standing. I think mine are two and a half or three. It might be just two, two and a half or three feet above ground is like the base uh, of my panels. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. There is a standard height. You can Google what it is. And just having the walls covered and especially the doors, which which are even more reflective. I than, did not know that. Yeah. Uh, then walls is super, super helpful. You'll hear the room tighten up almost immediately. Um, and I actually ordered off of Amazon. You can order these like door hangers that are, sure. um, they sort of look like weird, weirdly squared shaped letter S's. Uh, and if you can imagine that one sort of part of them hooks yes. literally over top of the top of your door, and then it and then it sort of sticks out, and it's got. A I've little, seen towel racks uh, that do that as well. Upward, yeah. There yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I picked up a bunch of those for like ten bucks, and I was able to hook the D rings of the the door panels onto those, so I didn't have to you know, drill into my doors. I, I we rent the house that we're in, so I don't want to be. Yeah, don't want to piss the landlord off. Yeah, so anyhow, just a pretty pretty easy solution there. Uh, and then in terms of uh, additional treatment, I've got a carpet on the floor. That's huge, pretty, yeah. Pretty easy, uh, but you know, don't overlook it. Uh, and then I've got a couch in the room, which uh, you know I, I didn't choose for that to be in here. It was already in here, but I was like, cool, somewhere for people to sit, and it's going to soak up some sound. Yep. Um, yep. And then. The one kind of cool thing that I got into was uh, tube traps, which I actually first heard about you in the did UBK. Build some, uh, yes. UBK Happy Fun Time Hour podcast, which is a great podcast if you want to go back and check that out. And yeah, these uh, tube traps um, I built uh, with the help of a friend um, out of, uh, I think they're three quarter or one inch uh, fiberglass pipe insulation. Um, and they are, I think, seven or between seven and nine inches in diameter speaking off the top of my head here um (coughs) and uh probably about you know three feet tall and you can uh you you kind of need a connection to find this type of pipe insulation but if you know like a contractor or somebody really yeah it's like not you can't just like walk into a home depot and and find it as in my experience you you need to kind of know somebody who's who's got is in that business because nobody would need this, you know, no like regular person would need this. Like this is like, if you're building a, a, a house or like an office tower sure. or something, you need to like cover up the pipes. Like no, you know, no, no lay person's going to need this stuff, but uh, you can find it. It's not very expensive. And uh, you, what you do is you, uh, you glue, uh, it comes with an open edge. So it could be wrapped around a pipe. You just glue that together. So you've got a cylinder and you cap off the ends with, I used like little quarter inch uh, thick pieces of plywood um, that, that I cut into circles. Um, and you can uh, wrap the front side with like a stapler and saran wrap. You can cover the front side in saran wrap so that it will diffuse uh, some of the higher frequencies. And then the idea is that the tube itself will uh, absorb and sort of 
uh, trap literally uh, the, the the more low end frequencies, and then you wrap it in fabric. For stands, I used uh, PVC piping with um, one of the like sort of PVC pipe connector joints uh, that has like a flat end, and screwed that into the uh, the uh, the wood uh, bottom. And uh, yeah, they work pretty well. You sort of arrange them. I mean, you could move them around, which is yeah. Do you cool. have so them up I'm, in your room right now? I do. Yeah. Okay. So they're surrounding my speakers, and they're behind. Um, okay, my speakers, yeah. uh, and you can move them around too. So if I'm recording a vocalist, like I might sort of pile a few like around uh, where the vocalist is, just to sort of try and catch a bit. They don't do a ton. I don't know that I would necessarily recommend people go and like try to build these, but sure, um, they do something. Uh, but the one thing that it really does uh, help with is you want to have something behind your speakers. If you're listening on monitors. Interesting. Um, I did not know that. Yeah. You really want to prioritize having something behind your speakers and in between your speakers um, and sort of beside your speakers. Uh, so if you can imagine like a, a big like Michelin wall of like, like yeah. a Michelin man wall and your speakers were just sort of set in that wall, like that would be close to ideal uh, or at least on the right track of like what you're trying to do because when you're listening to your speakers, you want you only want to hear, ideally, you only want to hear what's coming out of them once. But in sure. reality, we hear what's coming out of them once, then we hear it again as it bounces off the wall behind us, and then we hear it again as it bounces off the wall uh, in front of us where yeah. it originated from. And when you've got, and this is happening at you know the speed of sound, which is very fast. So when you have these frequencies uh, coming at you, in different directions and at slightly different times you end up with phase cancellation where certain frequencies uh get nulled out or reduced in volume um and if you want to look up why that is you can um i'm not i'm not going to be able to explain it very well here but basically you only want to hear what's coming out of your speakers one time if possible so surrounding your speakers with diffusion and absorption and behind your speakers, especially if they got rear ported bass and bass coming out the back of them, like a speaker's not a perfect, you know, instrument, right? It's not sure. only projecting sound straight ahead. Like the sound does kind of come out the sides a little bit, comes out the back for sure if you've got rear ported bass. I didn't know this. I'd um, never heard that before. <coughs> Excuse um, me. So, anyways, um, sorry, I kind of went off on a on a tangent there, but that's my. Uh, that's what I've got going on for for uh, acoustic dreaming. I know you when we used to live together. You had some some stuff going on. Yours. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what 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 do you sort of do to solve this problem? So uh, not in this room. That's for damn sure. I should record downstairs. I just don't have a way to set up uh, my camera with the computer downstairs. But other than that, it's a fully treated room. But um, yeah. So you had given me two acoustic panels. Um, yes. And I guess the the idea with the acoustic panels, I don't know. I've been reading about it. Apparently, you can't trap sound. I don't know how it works, but I'm pretty sure that the the sound passes through the panel, hits the wall, and like doesn't come back as much through the panel. You know what I mean? It kind of gets it yeah. on the way in and the way out. Um, yeah. But uh, what I have is the panels you set up, and one of the things that. Uh, that I did with the panels is added a little bit of cork because allegedly you can, um, the further away from the wall, the panel in with within reason, the, the more, uh, it lowers 
like the the base frequency that it can hit. So essentially the thicker the rock wall. So say for instance, if I have one sheet of rock wall and I don't know, say it's six inches thick, um, that makes it so that it, it can only sort of not absorb, but I guess absorb a certain level of, of base frequency. So say for instance, I, I can't remember. It, w- it was not very low though. It was like 60 or 70. You know what I mean? So anything below that, it can't fuck with, it can't take care of. Um, gotcha. And then the idea is if I did two sheets of rock wool, uh, it would, I think, I don't know if it doubles it, but it brings it down substantially. Uh, so two th- sheets thick. So one of the ways that you can get around this is by it putting it further from the wall. It doesn't have the exact same effect as two sheets of rock wool, but it, it does extend it lower into the terms of base treatment. So there's a bunch of like little things like this. Once again, I'm reading this off of forums online. I'm not coming up with this shit. Um, you know, I did look at a few different places and that seemed to be the consensus, but so I have four of those panels. Well, that's a lie. I have more of those. Um, I've got one, two, but six of those panels now. Um, and we'll talk about the, the placement of those in a second. That's one thing that in terms of what I found, you, you may have some different things that you found as well. And it'll at least give you an idea of if you want to do this, what are the rumors out there? And then you can do your research because we clearly have not. Um, but, uh, and then I did build base traps. Um, and so it, you know, I had the time it was COVID times actually. Um, it was COVID times when I started building these base traps, which they're not cheap. Um, I can't remember how much the base traps came to, but I'm pretty sure the panels came to like 120, 130 Canadian, a panel that's including like the rock wool, which apparently has gone up in price. Um, so significantly, um, but uh, the base traps, the idea behind them, it was a YouTube video that I followed. Um, it, uh, they're triangles, essentially. So they fit in the corner like a triangle would. And the idea is you have to get it thick enough that it's going to absorb the base. So if I put a panel, you know, a thin panel in the corner, it's still going to do something. But it's, it's the, the thicker it is um, with, with particularly rock wool, the more base it's going to absorb. Um, so these are like 30 inches thick. Um, they yeah. end up being essentially, I guess the idea is that allows them to absorb more base. Um, people do do exactly the trick that I was talking about before where they'll put a, like a rectangle panel in a corner. And so the distance from the corner, cause they obviously can't go flush with the corner cause it's a straight line. Um, the distance from the corner will provide like additional base trapping. But, um, but yeah, like apparently base builds up in the corners. That's like a thing. So I have, I have those set up in the corners all the way from the floor to the ceiling. Um, my room is unideal because it's, it's a low ceiling. I think it's like eight feet. Uh, Mm. according to what I've looked up online, 14 feet is like, like ideal. And then like, that'd be nice. eh? Yeah. That's what I have in my fucking bedroom. But oh, yeah. I wonder what mine is. I don't Might have be treatment. close to that. Actually. Yeah. Essentially, apparently most rooms are like a little bit shorter than that. Um, but, uh, and then what else do I have? So yeah, I, I have those six panels. I have a carpet. I have a ceiling panel, uh, sorry, two ceiling panels uh, over the mix position. Uh, and then if I were to record vocals, which I haven't in that room, I would do it underneath them. Um, so uh but that's like the stuff I have. I mean, the base panels, I think all four corners ended up costing me like 600 bucks. 
total to do the for like the base panels that's like wood and rock soul or rock wool or whatever um and i mean it's dead in there but it it wasn't very lively to begin with in there because the walls are not drywall it's a weird room the floor is concrete so we definitely had to put down a down a carpet but uh I mean, I notice obviously a huge difference. I wish we would have recorded a before and after. Um, but you, there's tons of videos like that online, and it's cool to hear the difference before and after. But um, so the whole idea, at least as far as from what my research was, uh, which research I use very lightly because I'm just a dude with fucking YouTube and Wikipedia, uh, in terms of basic room treatment, the first reflection points now, see, I haven't heard the thing you were talking about with the speaker, so that might be more important. You know what I mean? Because, um, but as far as what I had researched, um, the first reflection points are like super important. Like that's your first go-to for a, a room, at least, you know, based on old knowledge, right? Like this is probably, you know, stuff from like 50 years ago. But, um, and the idea is the first reflection point is the point where the sound first hits the wall and will reflect first back into your ear. So there's a particular way to find that. Uh, there's tons of YouTube videos. I'm going to fuck it up anyways. But so you can essentially find those. They're going to be on your left and right side. Um, and then uh, I believe on your roof as well, uh, you can calculate the first reflection point. I don't know how I did that, but I did. Uh, and then from that point on, uh, it gets a little bit kind of, you know, less clear what's important, right? Like, so behind the speakers sounds really important. So that might go ahead of first reflection points. Um, and then like behind the speakers, like, sorry, behind you, pretty important because that's where the sound is headed and it's going to reflect back at you. Oh, I forgot to mention, I do have diffusion in my room. I, I luck it, uh, luckily like the whole rear wall has diffusion. Uh, it's homemade though, not by me. Somebody was selling it for like a hundred bucks. It's not mine. My roommate actually got it. Um, but uh, yeah, so the idea is some people say at the first reflection points, you should have diffusion. Some people say you shouldn't use absorption like at all. Like that seems to be a, a, a theme that's going around. Um, but uh, base traps apparently important as well too. I mean, I feel like maybe if you're singing, maybe not as important. You know, I don't know. The big thing, for me is I guess, what are you trying to do there? You know, like, do you have a sub? Are you, are you mixing and do you have like a sub and bass is probably going to be pretty important. Like I, I've, I've even gone as far to read online that you shouldn't really have a, a sub, you know, woofer that you're mixing on if your room is not treated properly. Um, I heard also as far as it goes, if you have reasonable speakers, you shouldn't upgrade your speakers until you upgrade your room. I don't know if you've heard that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, no, I, 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 to talk a little bit more about sort of all these points, um, first reflections uh, can also be your desk. If you yeah. have a big desk and your speakers, uh, you desk? pretty easy to see where you're, I mean, mine are not, I, I've not done any absorption or diffusion at all. Um, but yeah, I mean, your speakers are going to hit your desk. They're going to hit, yeah, like you said, the walls behind you. I've heard of people using mirrors, just putting like a mirror on oh, their, the first reflections. Like in yeah. front of their speaker just to see like literally where it's hitting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems like you could probably just, you know, look. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, you could do that too. 
Um, yeah, uh, I think, you know, the diffusion versus absorption, I'm sure you can dive down a deep rabbit hole. I think at the end of the day, for our purposes and, and people that are in similar situations like us uh, recording at home, uh, just covering reflective surfaces with some kind of absorb, yeah. uh, absorb, 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 absorption, absorption. I'm yeah, trying to say it. absorbent, absorbent, absorbent um, with some kind of absorbent material. Uh, I hear, you know, people say, oh, just get a bunch of U-Haul packing blankets and hang other. They're not thick room. enough. I I got some. They're not thick enough. Well, they'll take care of the oh, zing. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. They'll I take care of the zing, zing yes, right? Like yes. when you, when you, when you clap your hands, you zing, you hear that, you yeah. know, that they'll take care of that. Um, it's not going to do anything about bass. Uh, or and like reason, low mids or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the reason is because the bass and low frequencies are physically, literally long, like a foot, two feet long, right? <clears throat> so when you're when you're making that thirty inch bass drop, it has to be that size so that it can actually catch um, a, a bass, a, a low end frequency. And mine still uh, didn't go that low. Like I don't think mine yeah, goes below. And you need 50. you know crazy. I mean, and that's why you know a pro studio is going to be there. It's literally a room within a room, sure. um, where the, you know it's floating, and there's there's you know however many uh, feet of insulation around the room and all this stuff. And you know we're not going to achieve that here. So I think if you could just be mindful of you know where um, you could just clap your hands, listen to where those reflections are coming from, put some stuff there, maybe hang a carpet like a cool yeah, looking that's rug what that you did. got at a uh, a vintage store or a yard sale or whatever, you know, if you want a little bit of decor, that can work. Get some cheap panels built. That that's, works just fine for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, I think you'll notice a big difference. Um, a couple of other nice tools, the, uh, the Halo from uh, Aston... Yes. Uh, is it Aston... I know Aston you talked Martin? about it. That's yeah. a car company. You know what I'm I talking about, right? I think Aston actually is the name of the company as well. Yeah. So that's uh, that's super useful as well. So like, yeah, you're talking about... Mix, Aston mix microphones. Shields. Yeah. Halo. Oh, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, so it's, it's a big shield. Apparently they make it from like recycled plastic bottles too, so you can yeah. feel good about that. It's a few hundred bucks though. It's not cheap, but... Um, yeah, it connects to your mic stand and sort of surrounds your mic. And I, I will sink my vocal mic pretty deep into this shield yeah. when I'm recording a singer. Yeah, it makes a really big difference in terms of just getting... Uh, you lose a little bit of top end, but you can get sure. that back with, with processing. Sure. But the tightness that it can provide is, is really, really quite useful. So um, that's a good one. And I'm sure they of- vary. You know what I mean? Like certain mix shields are probably not made equal to each other you know like i think diying a mix shield might be kind of fucky yeah i mean i i i don't know i mean i would never try to do yeah. that because it's not something that interests me i just yeah. you know found the one that everybody was using and, and bought it yeah um but um you could figure it out i mean back in the day we would just like stack up we had a few panels we would just sort of literally just stack them up on chairs or something and just yeah. like put them around the person who's singing. Like you can figure it out. You just have to, you know, find ways to, yeah, deaden that, that reflection and, and make it sound tight. So a couple of other things that you sort of touched on that I want to just um, a- uh, amplify what you said. One of the best ways to mitigate your, the problems in your room and every room has problems, even 
the best studios, there, there are spots 100%. in the room where it like yeah. doesn't sound perfect. Um, your home, your home recording areas, you know, going to have problems. Mine has a ton. The best way to sort of mitigate those problems is to take your room out of the equation sure. by listening at a low volume on your speakers, not having a subwoofer, like you said. Yep. Um, if you can't hear the bass, roll your chair back a foot, then you'll hear the bass. You got to get a little further away from the speaker sometimes to hear that low end. Use headphones to check bass. Yeah. Um, and just, you know. Fixing the problem of like bass would be too expensive. Or, you know, or just like not feasible, you know, like yeah. how much construction can you do in a, an apartment or a house, right? Yeah. You don't need your room to be able to handle a bunch of dBs worth of bass if you're like cranking something up super loud and like listening to it. Like you're, you're never mixing at those volumes anyways. Sure. You should be mixing at a, a conversational volume so your ears don't get too tired. Uh, and that sort of takes your room out of the equation. In a certain sense, you still want treatment, but you won't have to worry about the bass uh, end of things. And then the second way is when you're recording, getting really close to the mic is, you know, and using yeah. a mic shield. Mic shield, also a packing blanket behind you. Yep. Really important. So I, there's a, a channel called Recording Studio Loser, and he compares a packing <laughs> blanket, and it's actually a great channel, such a good channel, super funny, but also uh, really good. Sorry, it's not actually that, it's Creative Sound Labs. Uh, and he compares a packing blanket, like a good thick one, because you can get really thick ones that maybe make a difference. Um, is uh, he compares it like behind the mic? So you know, I guess he compares it in front of the singer, so where a mic shield would be, and then compares it behind. And behind is like night and day. It makes a huge difference. But the packing blanket is not designed to, like you know get reflections in the way, oh, sorry, to like kill reflections in the way that something like a uh, mix shield would be. So putting a mix shield behind your head is not going to do shit. But putting a packing blanket behind your head will definitely cut down on the zing. Like he, he compares the two of them and it makes a huge difference. Um, I feel like it's just stuff like that. Just because like the real big boy, or sorry, big person solutions, uh, some of them are just, they're unattainable. Uh, one thing that I forgot to mention, and... Once again, I say this is the most important, but I don't have any any experience in it. Apparently, speaker placement is very important in in the space of a room. Now, from what I was looking at, the like obviously I can't do that in this room, and I don't think you can do that in your room. Uh, the length of the room, having it at the length of the room, so as opposed to you know if the room is long, you want it, you want it to face down the length of the room, allegedly. Uh, and also, too, you don't want it to be at three quarters mark of the room. So say, for instance, you apparently want, well, you absolutely want distance between the wall and your speakers. Uh, and apparently yeah, 100%. a bigger distance generally is a good thing. Um, the only problem is, you know, a room's a room. So like they said, anywhere up to three quarters. If you do three quarters, it causes like apparently a problem. But like, so if the room is 10 feet long, you know, anywhere up to eight feet, just before eight feet, uh, sorry, just before two feet away from the wall uh, is, is where you're going to want it. Apparently, like, speaker placement is, like, super huge. Once again, it's not practical for some people, but it's good to know. You know, are you prioritizing, I think they said, the aesthetics of the room, or are you prioritizing the sound of the room, you know? But uh, it's just funny, there's so many things. Yeah, no, that, that's angle, a great point. 
Um, you you do. I can offer a couple of tips. Speaker placement. I mean, you can watch obviously videos about oh, yeah. particular speakers you have and like follow their directions to where to place them. The kind of like rule of thumb, if you will, is is that you want an equilateral triangle uh, between the speakers and your ears uh, and and your 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 head. Yeah. Uh, so if you can try to, you know, I literally like when I was setting up my speakers in this house, I, I had like a measuring tape and I, you know, put one end at my ear. And went, you know, stretched it out to sure. the, the speaker on the left. And I was like, okay, that's, you know, 25 inches or whatever it is. And then I did that from my right ear to the other speaker, kind of sitting where I think I'm going to be sitting and try to get that to be roughly the same. Um, also, speaker height. I feel like a lot of people have the sure. speakers too high. Sure. You want, you want the tweeter, which is the little speaker at the top of your speaker. Um, you want that to be at ear level. Also, too, some people have them too low because they're like sitting on a desk. They should not be right. on your desk. Yeah. Oh, you know? yeah. And I mean, we could talk about you know ISO acoustics, the uh, the little stands yeah. for speakers to to separate them from your speaker stands. So you got your speaker stands, then you've got uh, and I would not recommend the Oralex foam ones. I would recommend the ISO acoustics, which are a bit more expensive, but um, concept is similar. It just sort of makes your speaker quote-unquote float uh, so that it's not uh, transmitting any low end into the stand or or vice versa, like picking up any uh, frequencies from, you know, the, the floor or through the stand into the speaker, whatever. It isolates the speaker from anything like that, and it makes a big difference in terms of what you're able to hear. Like, I'm, I'm rocking HS5's Yamaha speakers. These are like 250 bucks a side, like, or less. Yeah. They yeah. might be like 400 for the pair. And you... You upgraded um, to, or quote unquote upgraded. You bought a more fancy speaker. And I did. You seem, yeah, I bought. You seem I bought a pair of Neumann speakers, and yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't like them. Um, I'm back to the the Yamahas. They're they're affordable, but like I spent the extra couple hundred dollars on the ISO, uh, making sure that I could, you know, have these ISO acoustics under them, have them on stands. Um, you know, I spent a couple hundred bucks on panels. Um, to treat the room like if you don't do this stuff, it's like you said before. It, it, it doesn't it doesn't matter how good your speakers yes. are. You're, you're not going to be able to, you know, dude. If you have anything. the nicest speakers in the world and they're parallel from the wall and they're not facing in towards you, that's going to make a huge difference. Even if you have a super well treated room, the big thing that that I want to just touch on because I know we're running low on time is I feel like everything has to do with what your application is. You know, if say for instance if you're you know, an aspiring TikToker or YouTube, you know, there's a singer who's trying to blow up on TikTok or YouTube. You can set yeah. up like a little studio recording space and have something that is cloth behind you. You know what I mean? Stuff like that, stuff treating, you know, particular points just to make your room more dead. Because if I'm recording a vocal video in my bedroom right now, it, this is not going to sound professional. And I have a good mic. I have a good mic. It sounds like this is, you know, been on plenty of recordings. Um, but uh, this is actually Mark Schroer's old mic. So it's been on some very legit recordings. Um, there you go. But, uh, and uh, it was his vocal mic. And, you know, whereas someone who's like you, who's a mixer, the things that you're going to prioritize are going to be different than someone who's recording um, or someone who's, you know, making TikTok videos, like I said. So it's just something to think about. Like, I think that everybody could 
with a hundred dollars towards that thing. If you're making TikTok videos, hundred dollars goes pretty far. Um, you know, I mean, you could get those acoustic foam packs. Apparently those are kind of bullshit unless you get the really expensive shit. Oh yeah. We should talk about foam. Um, so I invested in a bunch of egg carton foam in my old apartment. This is like four apartments ago. Um, and I bought it off of like Amazon or Walmart or something. It was like six bucks per panel. Yeah. And they're little like, I don't know, foot long, maybe foot and a half long panels. Yeah. Uh, of egg carton foam. You guys probably know what I'm talking about. And, um, yeah, they do help, uh, with, I'm the, sure with the zing, the zing. Yeah. Uh, but they're a fire hazard and therefore if you're, um, if God forbid you do have something happen, uh, it could affect your insurance claim. Very uh, good. So be aware of that. Uh, the Roxel or Rockwell uh, safe and sound insulation is the way to go. Oh, yeah. um, because it's it's fireproof, um, and that's that's what you really uh, want. So I would recommend against the use of a lot of foam based stuff yeah. and just sort of get some panels made. Um, I feel like. Panels yeah. to, you know, it, it, I'm always going back to this imaginary TikTok person. Um, but, uh, you know, something like if you have a concrete floor, you're recording your silly fucking big TikTok singing videos, put a fucking carpet on it. Your roof, cover your roof because that's out of frame with something. You know what I mean? Maybe behind you, if you can get away with something, you could get those, you know, sound foam. Or you could, if you if it works aesthetically, get something that's cloth behind you to stop like the zing, you know, I think that's the big thing at first, you know, just for like a TikTok video for a professional recording. No, but it's a start. I mean, anything, anything else. I mean, if you look at any, if you saw the, the recording spaces of any like pro YouTuber or TikTok person or whatever, like if you saw the space they're in, it probably looks hectic compared to, you know, what you see on, on camera. Well, they have a professional um, studio room. Generally, they have a room in their house set aside. Yeah, but like um, the camera angle is, you know, there's nothing in the frame. No. But like just outside of that frame, there's probably all kinds of uh, of Wires you know, treatment and and and, and uh, lighting and different things. Oh, like that. lighting so, for sure. Yeah, I got one of these so going right now. Out. I can't reach it. I look like looks way worse without it. You got lights set up too, man. I do. They're not on right now because we're not recording video. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you know it yeah, is what it is. That's a whole. That's a whole other. They can hear uh, the difference of the good lighting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that's my whole shtick. I just think that it's something in the same way, like you know, investing and in having a good setup on your guitar is going to make you know a seven hundred dollar guitar operate so much better, uh, or a four thousand dollar guitar. There are plenty of dentists and lawyers. Uh, who have priceless guitars that probably don't play very well because they're not being maintained, right? So it's the same thing with your room. If you can just invest like a hundred bucks, it, it will make a difference depending on what your application is. Hundred percent. Couldn't agree more. I think it's an important, very very important part of uh, the recording side of things that that not much attention or not enough attention is paid towards. So I think the TLDR is just. Try to cover your reflective surfaces oh, yeah, baby. with something that's not reflective. Uh, position your speakers in a good way. Listen at low volumes. 
record close, uh, excuse me, record close to the microphone that you're recording into. Get a microphone shield if you can. Get some isoacoustics for your speakers if you can. Yeah. Uh, don't get worry about to bass. build those panels or build them yourself. I feel like unless you're yeah. a fucking pro pro, spending all that money on fucking that treatment, like yeah. Like spending like four grand on like half the treatment that I have in my room, it's expensive. I feel like to get to get professional, what I have in my room set up would be ten times more what I paid for it. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I would I would not buy stuff that's like yeah made by a, a proper <laughs> sound company, which sounds kind of silly, but they're gonna charge so much money for it, right? Yeah. When you could just sort of yeah put this stuff together at, at a low cost. Um. Yeah, and the last thing I was I was gonna say there is just don't worry too much about bass. I think yeah, you, if you're mixing, check bass in the headphones, um, and uh, and roll roll your chair back a bit, and you'll be surprised what what you hear out of your speakers. Yeah. Uh, I know, like, you know, I know bass players will probably disagree with me on that because you know they're just they're much more sensitive to to wanting to hear that, and I I totally get that. Um, but uh, for me, it's it's not it's not something that uh, yeah, yeah that I that I've tried to sort of it's not a fight that I'm that I'm trying to fight. You don't need <laughs> it though, too, for your application. It's, if you're a bass player recording professional bass, maybe you need to invest in some fucking you know some bass traps and all that shit. You know? Yeah. Um, but but anyways, we are. I think that I think that wraps up. That's a good topic, man. Very uninformed. Uh, delving into the room treatment stuff, but hopefully yeah. we've wet the whistle, you know, tickled your ears a little bit on the idea. I don't think those are expressions that people use, but on the idea of room treatment and go forth and have less reflective recordings. Hey, I like that. Uh, as always, you can reach out to us, musicguypodcast at gmail.com if you'd like to say hello, suggest an episode, idea, perhaps. Uh, give us some feedback. Offer us a sponsorship. These things oh, are yeah. all uh, <laughs> acceptable. Um, you can follow us on social media. I'm at Al Rowe Music, and Mike is at Bruno the Meek on Instagram. Um, and you could, of course, tell your friends about the show. Share it if you're following the podcast on Instagram at Music Guy Podcast. You can share the post when we put up the. Uh, episode that would help us a lot as well um yeah and uh, just keep on coming back and listening we appreciate that you're here and uh we love you we'll talk to you here again we'll (laughs) we'll talk to you very soon (laughs) bye for now